Am I right to be worried about the defense line, the pass rush this year? Uh, it's one of my biggest concerns. We're going to talk about somebody who can shed more light on that on today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. As always, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. And we got a great one today. We're just going to jump into it. We got Michael Hogan coming in. Uh, Mike is a writer over on Rivals, previously 247. He's been covering the Badgers for a couple years, puts out a lot of great content. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. And we have a lot of ground I want to cover today, so we're just going to get into it. I want to start with some of the questions I had. Uh, the first one was, and I mentioned it in the tease, I'm terrified we're not going to have a pass rush this year. Um, am I right, wrong? Where do you think we are at from a pass rushing standpoint? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, obviously you lost, they, they lost uh, Herbig and Benton, and those were really the only two guys that were really productive there in terms of like numbers, like sacks and, and pressures and all that. Um, but the other interesting part of it is like, we haven't really gotten to see like Darian Varner on the field yet. Like, he was kind of working his way back in Platteville. He, he was getting like back into the groove of things, getting some reps here and there, but like, we didn't see a ton of them. So like we haven't, we haven't seen like the full scope of his abilities. Um, you know, by now I'm sure he's gotten more reps in practice, uh, but we haven't been there since we haven't gotten watch practice since mid last week. They shut everything down as they typically do uh, as they kind of start preparing for games here. Um, so, you know, I'll be curious to see what, kind of impact he makes barring you know hopefully for their sake they didn't he didn't suffer a setback um and then you look at like those outside linebackers too um it seems like it's going to be kind of a by committee approach at that position this year they really like like daryl peterson and uh you know tj bowlers caden johnson uh jeff petrowski jr i think all those guys kind of add something different to the defense they have different skill sets they can use them in different situations. They've kind of talked about that, Matt Mitchell, yesterday, who also was very high on C.J. Getz. Uh, he said that C.J. Getz has really, really improved as a pass rusher from you know throughout the spring and into camp. It's continued. Um, you know, Getz talked yesterday about how a lot of that has to do with his work with Brady Collins, the strength conditioning coach. Um, you know, he really went hard at it in the summer and really studied you know, who he is as a pass rusher and kind of has a better understanding of his strengths and his weaknesses there and what moves work for him and what don't work. He talked a lot about that yesterday. So I think he's another interesting guy to watch. If they can get, um, you know, some more production from him, he had two sacks last year, um, you know, and I think he was maybe a little underappreciated by folks on the outside. I think he had had a pretty good year, all things considered. That was really his first, even though he had been around the program for a while, that was really his first year playing that many snaps and starting that many games. It was his first time as a full-time starter. So I think he's an interesting guy to watch. And obviously, you know, you know the inside linebackers too are going to be relied on. Uh, Muma Najong Menta and Jordan Turner, um, you know, both those guys are looking to take – the, their next steps is pass rush. And I think Jake Cheney's really intriguing there too. I think he, he might, you know, I, I, they're going to have three basically starters at that position, but I think Cheney is probably going to steal snaps from both of them. I, I really like what he's done. Uh, you know, when we got to watch him uh, and the practices that we were able to view and the coaching staff seems really high on him. So, you know, 
they have a lot of unknowns. I think you're right to be concerned about it. They have just nobody's really shown it yet at, at the collegiate level. There's a lot of guys who are going to need to take big steps, and you wonder, you know, can Varner number one is he going to be healthy enough to to play week one? Number two, is it going to translate to the Big Ten? Because it is a difference. He was playing in the American Athletic Conference last year. It's the same kind of question people have about Mordecai um, mm-hmm. uh, this year. So I think. Uh, a lot of intriguing guys there. We'll see uh, who it's going to be really fascinating to see who kind of steps up when the, when the games begin here in a couple weeks. Let me, let me continue with Varner here. Is, is there a sensor on the program that he could be that guy that elevates the unit or is there maybe a sense around the program that he's just another piece of the rotation? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I actually, I think, I think it's that he can be a really big difference maker. Um, you know, when we talked to Greg Scruggs in the spring, I, you know, I asked him what he expects Varner to be able to, you know, add to the defense. And he said that he really expects him to, to add a lot of juice in, in the way of pass rush production. Uh, he was really, uh, really productive in the games he played in last year before he got hurt. He had three and a half or maybe four of his sacks in one game. Um, so, you know, he has that ability to kind of take over games, um, you know, and, we did see him in like a one-on-one pass rush drill against, you know, Jack Nelson. He won the first battle convincingly Varner and then Nelson got him back. So that, that was really the fact that he was able to kind of, you know, it's a one-on-one drill. So you, you kind of have to be careful of taking too much from it. But I thought that he does kind of, when, when we did in that small burst that we did get to see him, um, he does have really, really impressive power. It's really easy to see too. It's, he's got a really big, powerful lower body. Um, he's quick. Um, he, he has the, the prototypical size too. I think he, he really intriguing player that way. And yeah, I mean, every time we've talked to, to coach Scruggs and, and other folks, you know, other coaches, the, the expectations are high for, for Varner. They really think that he can give them quite a bit in terms of production. And, um, I still think you're going to need other guys to step up. You can't just have that be what you, what you're counting on. You're going to need, you know, Rodas Johnson and James Thompson Jr., two other guys. I thought at the end of last year, I don't think it really showed up on the stat sheet, but I thought they, they were good, especially against the run. And I know James Thompson had a sack last year. I believe Rodas did too. So um, those are two other guys that they, they have all like the physical tools and things that you like, but it can it can it all come together this year is, is the question for them. Can they be consistent enough to, to consi- you know, consistently make an impact on that part of the game. Right. And that that's a big question. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you think at the end of the year, we're going to look back and say, yes, it did come together the past. Maybe. I mean, I'm not expecting Reggie white and you know, that type, but did it come together? Or do you think at the end of the year, we're going to look back and say it wasn't quite there. It's hard to say because like, it's, it's always hard to tell in, in fall camp practices, like how much pressure actually got to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's, it's kind of, odd with, you know, the contact is limited. If I'm predicting, if I'm a betting man, if I'm, if I'm predicting, I think people will be fine with what they get out of the pass rush. Cause I think you're, it's going to come from a lot of different guys. I think, yeah, Varner is going to be one of them that they're counting on, but you're going to, like I said, they're going to need others to step up. I think the inside linebackers are going to be more productive. Um, people forget to, I mean, I, I think, you know, going back to last year, I think that was like kind of an underrated storyline. Like you, those two guys, Turner and Najong Mena were were first time starters 
replacing two really, really good players. Mm -hmm. There's always kind of going to be a learning curve. And, you know, they're more comfortable. Cheney started some games last year and got more comfortable. So I think you're going to see a step up from those guys. I think it's going to be a really collective effort. Matt Mitchell said it yesterday about his position group. I think the same could be said for pretty much the whole defense um, with the linebackers and the defensive line. That's a great point with the inside linebackers. Last year being their first year and kind of growing as they went on. That's a really good point because now they're back with that year of experience. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Give me an underrated storyline, something that people aren't talking about enough, good or bad, or somewhere in between coming out of fall. God, I hope people don't freak out about this, but I think it's the offensive line. Uh, it's not being talked about enough. You know, the, I, it was hard to tell what their plan was. You know, Renfro obviously was hurt in the spring. He, he lasted maybe two practices, and then he went off with an injury, a lower body injury stress fracture in his left leg, I believe, or yes, it was left leg. Not that it matters. He had a stress fracture. That's the bottom line. Um, so he, you know, he missed time they, they had to, um, Bordellini has been playing center. Um, I don't know what's changed since practices were closed to us. So it's kind of all guesswork until we get the depth chart. Um, you know, Bordellini has been playing center and he's still kind of been having some problems with the snaps. It's been better overall, but I still think you know, it's been a little concerning at times because a bad snap for this offense throws off the entire play. A lot of it has to do with timing. They want to get the ball out quick a lot of the time. So, you know, is was Renfro getting those second team reps because it was part of his ramp up process? Or do they think that Bordellini is better there? Or are they not comfortable with Renfro getting those first team reps yet? Do they still think he needs some time to ramp up? So like this whole thing has implications on the guard spots. Like, if the plan is for Bordellini to start at center, then does that mean, you know, Huber is going to start at left guard and, you know, there was Wedig was getting snaps at right guard along with Fertney. Those two kind of seem like they're in a competition, but if the plan is for Renfro to start at center, and if he's already returned to that spot with the first team since practices were closed to the media, you know, presumably Bordellini would move back to left guard but that would kind of leave three guys battling for the right guard spot. So I still think they kind of had either way, they have things to sort through on the offensive line um, and how that kind of looks. You know, I think maybe it's not as big as concern because they do plan to use somewhat of a rotation uh, at those guard spots. Specifically Bicknell has talked about, uh, you know, being comfortable with, you know, six or seven guys, um, you know, Wedig, Bordellini, Huber, and, and then you obviously got the, you know, Fertney, and I don't think you'll see the tackles come out at all. I think they're comfortable with what they have in Malman and Nelson. Uh, you know, obviously you don't, you don't tackle rotations. I don't think are as common as guard rotations. So, yeah, I think that's the one thing, you know, I don't know how much it's been written about. I wrote about it after we got to, after we were done with our access to practice, just what we didn't learn. I don't think we learned what the starting five is going to look like, or let alone what the rotation is going to look like. Cause it, a lot of it depends on who, the, who's on that top spot in the, in the depth chart. The offensive line is fascinating to me because it feels like Badger fans have been waiting for two years for this young talent that, you know, to really ripen. And you talk about Wedding, Mullman, Nelson, Rucci, et cetera, et cetera. Is this the year Brunner's another four-star guy who got saw reps last year? Is this the year that's, that starts to bear fruit, all that young recruiting talent or, to your point, is it still a bit of a mix and we don't really know? I, it's hard to say. I don't know about Rucci yet at, at tackle. I mean, that's a hard, tough spot for him to be in. You know, he's behind Jack Nelson, who's 
could be next year a NFL draft pick in 2024. So, I mean, he he's a guy they're really high on. Tough path for him. Brunner, too, same thing. I mean, um, you know, he's maintained those second-team reps throughout the fall camp, but they have quite a logjam at guard already with Bordellini, Huber, uh, Wedig, Fertney, guys who played played at this level before and who've been consistent, I guess, is, it would be the right word. And I think they're really high on Huber. Uh, that that's what it seems. And then, you know, JP Benchall too, another guy who's gotten second team rest, like where is his path? Like, I, I don't know if the, if there's a clear path yet. I, I, if I had to guess, I think some of those guys are still a year away, but you never know what can happen with, with injuries, right? Like it's, it's football is it's, there's always an injury risk when you're on the field. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, we have an aspect now about some of those young guys. So we don't know like, how, you know, how he feels about them yet um but you know they've obviously the offense that the the overwhelming consensus you know talk about the offensive line from the spring onward has been they you know Bicknell feels really good about the two units those top two units he he said he jokes all the time I wish I could I wish I could have had this you know top these top two units everywhere because it, there's there is a lot of depth and talent but you know we'll see with some of these young guys because they're just behind older players who who you know are either you know, performing better or they, that they just trust more at this point. So yeah, it's tough. I, I, I don't know. We'll see, um, you know, Brunner or Rucci or some of those guys this year. It depends on what happens really. Well, and that's something I had Phil Steele on the show and he talked to Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle mentioned he's never had the depth along the offense line that he has in this program right now. So I know there's a lot of people internally that are optimistic about it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for friends of the show. We're going to come back. We're going to talk if Michael is more optimistic or pessimistic after seeing practice, do we feel better or worse? Plus any young players that may have popped that's coming up next on lockdown badgers. But first a quick break for friends of the show over at Nutrafol, new friends of the show. Um, Nutrafol is a great way for men who may have thinning hair. Um, if, if you're trying to increase your, your hair growth, uh, your hair health, Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromise, just better hair. Uh, men think losing hair is inevitable. We all, 80% of men will eventually lose some portion of their hair. They'll have some type of hair thinning. It's normal. It doesn't have to be your fate. It doesn't have to be your real life. That's why you can get ahead of the game with Nutrafol. If you're tired of that weakening or thinning hair, uh, if you want to reach your full hair potential, use the leading hair growth supplement, Nutrafol, which will help improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically proven to show hair growth, visible thickness and visible scalp coverage supports healthy full body hair health again it's not just about the hair it's about promoting full body health and it works in a clinical study 84 percent that's that's a pretty good percentage there of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking neutrophil hair growth supplements take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time neutrophil is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to neutrophil.com men Enter the promo code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. Enter pro promo code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE. And want to take a second to say thank you to everybody who's tuning in. As always, really do appreciate it. Uh, let's get back in here. Let's get Mike back on the show because, again, that's why people are here. Uh, Mike, I do want to take a quick second. Where can people find your work and what you're doing? Uh, part of the part, they can find me at badgerblitz.com, part of the Rivals Network, um, and then at M Hogan Reports on Twitter. 
Uh, the handle is obviously right below my name here on the on the show. And uh, I definitely recommend give him a follow. Great, great writer, really good content. Definitely somebody that I enjoyed, especially um, some of your past work, really enjoyed reading it. So let's keep going here. Young players, and we had a comment. I mentioned this to you as something I want to talk about. Then we had a comment from Jesse Y as well when he, he found out you'd be on the show. Who's someone maybe, his comment is, who is someone not on the 2D that should be? That kind of goes along with my comment of who's a young player that you think is really impressed but may not be in that 2D right now? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, a young player on, on I'm, I'm trying to think, because I think he's on the two deep right now, but I'm not completely sure. Um, I, I would go with Jonas DeClona here. I, I think uh, he's he's continued, uh, especially when the practices we got to see in Platteville, um, you know, he really performed well and carried over what he did in the spring. He looks confident. Um, you know, he hasn't, He's, he's taken his lumps for sure, as a as any true freshman corner would do. It's a tough position to play and, and come in and really compete right away as a, as a young guy, especially going up against receivers that, I mean, this is, these, this is the best collection of receivers Wisconsin might have, has, has ever had, so uh, quite possibly. So, um, you know, I think he's really shown that that he can play this year. Uh, he can make an impact this year. It's it's interesting to see, you know, uh, Nizier for Queeran. I I'm still struggling with his last name. I apologize. Me too. I, do um, I think he's been quite the steal so far for them. I think he looks really good. That he, you know, I I've I've been with it. They have issues, I think, in the slot depth wise. But everywhere else, it seems like the cornerback group is better uh, with the transfer additions they brought in, and then also younger guys, kind of like the Colonna and even Jay Arnold. You know, he's made some plays much better overall uh, in terms of depth. Um, so I would go with the Kelowna there. Uh, maybe, you know, you look at wide receiver, um, you know, Chris Brooks and Tommy McIntosh were both kind of dealing with some injuries or, you know, minor bumps and bruises that kept them limited in the first week or so of practice. I think both of those guys, I mean, when they've been given opportunities with the second team or, you know, the third team, they've, it's just such a fascinating situation at wide receiver because only six of them, there's only one ball and they, they, they've, pretty much maintained, okay, we want six guys. Um, it's going to be tough to play eight or nine. But I think you could make an argument for for one of those two guys to maybe be in the top six. But it's just so tough with, with the transfers. Maybe Quincy Burroughs, too. I think he might, hmm. might be the odd man out there, might not get the reps he wants this year. I think maybe he's a year away from – from from really making an impact, but we'll see. Off the top of my head, those are just a couple of the guys, but Declona for sure. You know, it's tough. Mike Mack and in uh, you know the Grand Valley State transfer Nizier. I'll just go. I'll just say Nizier, so I don't embarrass myself here anymore with the last name. You know, those two guys might be on the two deep, um, but if you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Declona is. He's he's well, really impressed me. Let me let me pivot to something you mentioned. They might be. You, you said they might be in a little bit. I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. Trouble in the slot. Uh, obviously, Jason Matry is the starter there. Big time transfer that they got. Who's the Who's the guy behind them? Let's because I don't want to talk it into existence, but injuries happen in football. Who's the guy if they need to go to someone else there? Yeah, right now they're they've been using Owen Arnett there, who's was a walk on safety a couple of years ago. I think he's been fine. I you know I think he can do the job if needed, but. I mean, he's a safety. He hasn't played that position. He's just learning it. So, you know, that's a tough spot to be in. I'm curious to see if Max Lofi is going to be available uh, to start the year. He's been hurt because he played a little bit of slot last year. Um, 
And, you know, he didn't practice in the spring, uh, he, you know, been dealing with injury and, and he was looked like he was just kind of working off to the side in the first couple of fall training camp practices. So if he is healthy, that solves that, I, that that'll be his role. Um, but I guess in an emergency they could, cause it, now they have more flexibility with those outside corners. They have mm-hmm. guys that feel good about transfers, the freshmen have, you know, are, are taking steps forward. Maybe they move Alexander Smith in the slot because, uh, he can play just about anywhere in the secondary. If you remember last spring, before he got hurt, you know, in fall camp, you know, with the hamstring issue, they were talking about him being, you know, the number one defensive back they have. He's so versatile. He can play safety if needed. He can play in the slot or outside. So, you know, he's a guy they can get creative with. And I also think, too, it's, you know, Hunter Wooler is um, – they use him all over the field. You know, they, they use him as this hybrid guy who's roaming all over the place and being used in different ways, blitzing, dropping into coverage. I think they could be comfortable with him maybe playing a little bit of slot if, if needed. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. If, if Matry suffers an injury and has to miss time, I think he's been a great pickup for them. Um, uh, I, you know, you didn't, you, I didn't know how they, they were really planning on using him at first when they picked him up because you know, he played safety and kind of like Alexander Smith last spring. He was all over the place at Boston College. So I was curious to see how they use him. Really good in the slot. He's physical, not afraid to come up and make plays against the run. Be curious to see if they maybe use him as a maybe a pass rusher, as a blitzer sometimes. I think he's got that ability uh, too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they get into a situation where they need to get creative there, what they do. It, and really quick on this one, because a lot of people are excited about last year's transfer classic quarter, quarterback. They brought in Jay Shaw from UCLA, Cedric Dort, um, Justin Clark, a lot of experience. Is this group of three with with Forkren, Mack, and Mitre better than that group? Like, what should fans be excited? Because we, I felt like the outcome didn't meet the expectations for last year's group of transfers. Not that they were bad. Jay Shaw played a lot. There were some injuries. But is this group better? Yeah, I would agree that that the expectations weren't met last year with that group. I, you know, Jay Shaw was a you know all Pac-12 guy. You know, I think he played well. You know, overall, uh, but you know, you didn't get a ton out of him. I don't as much as maybe you would have liked. Justin Clark was pretty much hurt the whole year. Um, you know, dealing with in new, numerous injuries, and then Cedric Dort. You know, I didn't really know what to make of him. Um, so I, you know, I have higher expectations actually for this group. Uh, I think it'll be good. I think Matry has been impressive so far. Um, you know, I, I think they like what they got and the two as well, just for depth purposes, you know, it really, it really, really makes a huge just to have two more experienced guys back there. And in the case that some, but one of these guys, they, they are ready to play the guy who's in football who, who is, and everybody, you know, I have, yeah, for, uh, you know, his transition to do it too, that was a big question. Now, how he transitioned, he's looked really, it's like you got to take what you see in prime time of the ground and not to, you know, in over about it. But I, I think what's impressive, given the transition he had to make, felt like, felt like maybe six some practices, maybe even for the entire time we got to all eight practices, he made a player to ever either pass breakup or intercept. Uh, he's got that size and long arms that Fickle and, and Paul Haynes and the staff, you know, kind of looks for in the cornerbacks. Uh, he fits like the, the prototype that they want, that they're going to be looking for going forward. 
and I guess a side note too, um, and a young guy, everybody loves talking about freshmen, Amari Snowden too. I don't know if he'll play this year. I don't think he will. Um, but God, you can just tell that the length on him is, yep. is just crazy. And he made a couple plays early on against like the third team or the reserves, the scout team. Um, you know, you just, the pass looked like it was pretty good. And all of a sudden he's got those long arms, reaches up and knocks it away. And he, I think he was a left-handed, I mean, what a, what a sacrifice for him in a way. I mean, he was a great pitcher in, in high school uh, and he's, he's a left-hander. He's got long arms, probably good velocity. I would imagine on a fastball. I mean, man, that, <laughs> that must've been a tough decision for him. Yeah, that, that's the type of people baseball scouts call projectable, and they they look for that. Uh, and that leads into a question we actually had from Miami Rising. There's a, a this was these kind of quick fire. He said, "How has Jamel Howard looked in Snowden playing corner safety? I know he's been playing corner. I'm curious. It, again, I asked this earlier, kind of what's the feel inside the program? If you have any insight, do you think they see him as a corner long term? Do you see him as a corner long term? And then there is a follow up question. This is a three parter. When is Tretch expected back? If you have any follow up there. Yeah, and Howard, it's tough to tell right now because he kind of missed, you know, a handful of practices with, you know, an injury in Platteville. I think he was kind of starting to work his way back. First impression to him, though, he's just massive. Uh, I think he has a good future with that size. Um, you know, so, but, you know, there's a lot of, a couple guys in front of him, Gio Paez and Curtis Neal, too. Um, you know, so I don't know if this, you know, we'll see, you know, as, as he continues to come along. So right now I'd probably – say I, I don't know if we'll see him this year uh snowden you know i think i gotta stick with corner on that one just given what the staff looks for in corners that size that length uh, i think he's gonna stay at corner uh, just just because of what they look for and guys there and i think they're pretty happy with you know their depth at safety um you know austin brown you know he'll have a role this year but next year for sure probably you can probably pen him in as, as a you know starter next year and well, Tretch, um, I'm not sure when he's expected back. You know, he was on crutches and in a boot when we uh, were watching practices. It didn't look like he was doing much of anything. So, yeah, I'm not sure there. Um, you know, they don't they haven't been giving like frequent updates on injuries throughout camp. So it's kind of hard for me to say. And I obviously don't want to speculate. Um, but even if he was healthy, I'm not sure. Just just with the depth there. I mean, it it's hard. It'd be hard for a true freshman to. Uh, really make a significant move in terms of playing time there. Yeah. I want to bring on a couple more questions here. We had a bunch of people when they found out you were on the show, were excited to ask some questions. Um, this one is from Mike Husby. Who is one receiver? No one is talking about. It's going to be a huge difference maker. I think we mentioned before the show, all the receivers are being talked about, <laughs> but what's maybe a receiver out of that group that you think is going to, at the end of the year, we're going to say, wow, even though we were talking about him, we didn't think he would do that. Yeah, I think the easier easy answer for me, because like just going back to like the offseason and the whole crazy excitement over like it was just one receiver committing after the other with CJ Williams and Bryson Green. And um, I think both of the Cincinnati guys kind of fell under the radar per se in terms of like the excitement of all, all the quarterbacks and receivers who are committing. I really like Will Pauling as a guy who we'll look back on and say, wow, last, last December, we were not expecting this or, you know, I just, I look at the, the numbers that, that the slot receivers have put up in Longo's offense. You look at Josh Downs over the last two years, over a thousand yards. He had like 23 touchdowns, led the team in like pretty much every receiving category. Daz Newsome too. Um, 
you know, he he was really productive as a slot guy. And you look at like even going back to like the Ole Miss days with Longo, like AJ Brown, who's now a superstar in the NFL, um, you know, drafted by the Titans, now with the Eagles. Now, you know, he he got most of his snaps out of the slot in like 2018, I believe. And he led the team in pretty much every receiving category. So yeah, I, I like Will Pauling as a guy who's gonna like not I mean at this point I wouldn't call him a surprise because he's been so consistent in practice, but like looking looking back on after like a year. Like thinking, wow, yeah, we didn't, we're not, we, we did not envision this last year. Um, you know, I guess a couple other comments about the receivers, you know, Bryson Green has just been overwhelming with the size and the strength. I think Longo said on Saturday that like he does some like DK Metcalfish things, crazy, which is like a crazy comment, but like you can see it with the size he has. I mean, and he's only going to get bigger as he continues to add. Like, I don't think DK Metcalf ever got, he was probably huge in college, but I'm guessing he's a little bigger now. Uh, with with the muscle mass and everything, so you know, he, uh, you know he's been great uh, for them. Just as a, I, I I think during like spring you look at like the receivers and like they don't really have, like maybe Keontes Lewis was that like big downfield like go over the top of defenders guy, but like Green is different, even different from that. Like just a different level of strength and and size, and you know when he gets matched up, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, corner safety, whatever. It's just if they're a little bit undersized, it's it's kind of a handful for them. So uh, he's been fun to watch, and you know we'll see. I'm I'm really interested to see what that first step chart looks if we get one. Um, you know, uh, on that first week of the season, what that top like six receivers looks like. So I think they have some tough decisions to make there. I wouldn't, I don't envy that person who or Mike Brown or Phil Longo, whoever has to make that decision to who's going to be in the top six because there are uh, there's just a ton of competition there. No, it's it's brutal. Um, and a couple more cool questions. I do really do appreciate the time. I I could keep you with the good guests, and I say this often with the really good guests. We run out of time before we run out of questions. So I really do appreciate it. Um, a couple more quick questions here. This one's from Justin Jolka. Comes on the show a lot. Is it clear there's a philosophical difference in how they're using the defensive line? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking like rotationally, like you know, it seems a lot of it might have to do with just not maybe having that one guy like Keanu Benton for the last couple of years. Um, yeah. You know, fickle wants to roll through, I think he said like seven or eight guys there. And I think that's a little different uh, from what they had been doing in recent years. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I'm curious to see like what situations they use guys in. I don't, I don't think we've seen a lot of that yet. It's just been kind of practice. So you don't really know. They don't tell us like the practice script or what specifically like they're working on. So it's kind of guesswork in that regard sometimes, but yeah, I mean, rolling through that many guys is interesting. I think they really are putting an emphasis on keeping guys fresh. Um, you know, uh, we'll see, you know, it's interesting that I think last year, even there is like fans maybe talking about Mullins being moved inside you know, they they've done that with him. They've moved him. I, Cause I, I just don't think they want, I think they want quicker defensive ends who are able to make plays and really impact the game. And I don't think Mullins really has that ability. He's just kind of a stouter guy, bigger guy. They got to put him in the middle. I think you're going to see maybe a change with, with their defensive ends. They, they really want those guys to, to be playmakers, which in the last couple of years, I don't think you could say that about, their defense mm-hmm. ends. Henningsen had a good year a couple of years ago. I that before my time, I probably couldn't tell you because I've only been here for about two or three years now. So 
you know, uh, so yeah, I think those are the two of the big things off the top of my head with the defensive line. How many guys that you're going to use? And I think they really want those defensive ends to be productive. Quick question here on Braden Moore. This is from Caleb. He uh, curious about Braden Moore. Haven't heard much about him. Four star safety. Is that a depth chart thing where he's just a little? There's a lot of bodies at safety. Yeah, actually, I think he's looked pretty good. Um, you know, I probably should have mentioned him earlier with the guy that the earlier question about the two deep, the guy that maybe deserves a look at it, but probably won't. Um, you know, I think he's one of those guys too. Uh, I believe recruited as a corner, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they, they've been using him, you know, in all sorts of different ways um, in, in camp. And he's gotten work with the second team defense there um, alongside like Preston Zachman. Okay, that's another, uh, now that I mentioned him, he's another guy. Like he might not be on the two deep, but he, he's, he's shown some pretty good things in training camp. I think that safety group, I don't, yeah, that's, that's, that's like the most intriguing, one of the most intriguing ones to me, like what, what it on the defense, like what it looks like in the first couple of weeks, uh, Hunter Wooler, you can, you can basically guarantee him you know, that that's, you're not messing with him. He's going to be their guy on defense this year. Um, but you know, Latu and Blaylock and Zachman and you know Austin Brown, that's, that's a crowded group. I, I think Moore's looked pretty good so far, but just probably not like a path this year, next year, maybe more realistic there. We got in a discussion slash argument on this show with me and another guy, Justin, who's a bigger star this year at the end of the year. Is it Bryson Green or Hunter Wooler? Oh, wow. That's, can you, can there you is, pick one? There is a right answer, by the way. I'll let you, see, I'll see if you get to there. Can you, I'll go with Wooler. Yes. Uh, I'll go with Wooler just because, you know, if you, if you think back to like last year, that was going to be his breakout year. Like he was going to be used, Jim Leonard was going to use him all over the field and he looked really good in fall training camp and spring ball. And then he gets injured and kind of the rest of the year is kind of a wash for him, even though he did return and made some plays. Um, just, you know, was probably still getting comfortable and working his way back. Yeah, I think this year Green's going to ha- – I have high expectations for Green, don't get me wrong, but I have probably higher expectations for Wooler. Just making plays all over the field in the practices we watch. They're using him in all sorts of different ways. Um, you know, I don't think people are talking about him as an NFL prospect yet, but maybe at the end of the year they will. Uh, Wisconsin fans are probably like – saying screaming no at me right now because they right. like him for another year but i i think that's it's I, I don't think it's crazy to say right like i think i think he's got the skill set and, and and the abilities to really kind of plant himself on that radar this year and if he stays healthy um and he has been able to so far um you know he he's looked really good that, that's there's really nothing else more i can add everybody else has been saying the same thing so yeah yeah he's gonna have a big year so I agree with you on that, by the way. I, I So you and I are on the same page. Uh, last question here, and again, I could keep going, but I don't want to be selfish with your time. After seeing practice, do you feel better or worse about this team going into the 2023-24 season? That's a good question. Um, hmm. All offseason long, I've been kind of like on that like 9 or 10 win. You know, if I had to like just throw out a prediction, I, I would say I feel – I would say I feel a little bit better just because I feel like they've answered more questions than they haven't uh, in fall camp. I think, you know, you get to see what green can do. We've gotten to see what green can do. Um, you know, they do have some questions on the offensive line, but like, it's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty easy solution. It's a good problem for them to have. They have a log jam there. They're, they're going to have to sort through. Um, yeah. You know, I'd say I feel better about it. I would still probably say I'm on that like eight, 
or, or nine or 10 win like fence. Um, probably leaning more toward 10 at this point. Um, I'm not a big predictions guy, um, but like if, if I had to make a prediction today, I would probably pick one of those two. And then I feel that this team is, is capable of, of winning the, the big 10 West. And it's going to be an interesting race this year with, with um, you know, Iowa, Iowa got better um, with their offense. They, they made some changes. Purdue is going to be interesting just because they added a, a guy quarterback in Hudson card, who I think is a pretty good player. And Minnesota has got their starting quarterback coming or their the, the young kid. I don't know how to pronounce his name either. Yeah, uh, me either. Kind of an alphabet. Um, you know, he looked good against the Badgers last year. Uh, I know they have high expectations for him. So I think the West is just why it's another year where I think overall the big 10 West and, and it's last year um, say goodbye to it. The big 10, as you've known it, it's, it's going to be better overall, but probably the same kind of race. Like there's a lot of teams that got better this off season, uh, a lot of new coaches. And I didn't even mention Nebraska. They're kind of, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a dark, maybe a dark horse team this year. Um, I don't know what to really expect with them, but I'm, you know, I think rule will, will improve that program and, and have them on the right track this year. Um, yeah. But I feel good about this team after watching the practices, it was a kind of a small sample size, but you know, I think they, 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 they feel good about most of their position groups. You know, they're, like I said, there are some question marks, but there always are right after, after camp and, and um, it, season's coming here in a couple weeks, uh, two weeks or so now, and it'll be exciting to get things underway. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, he is Mike Hogan at M Hogan reports. Great insight as always, please go give him a follow, check out what he's doing over on rivals. Mike, thank you so, so much for tuning in, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on on Wisconsin, and we'll talk tomorrow.